Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio.
As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 21. We'll read through chapter 19, verse 12. Allow me a brief commentary before we begin the actual reading of Scripture. We'll read about the rabbis uh, today. They taught that people should forgive those who offend them, but only three times. Peter, trying to be, you know, especially generous, asked Jesus if, you know, seven, the perfect number, was enough times to forgive someone. But Jesus answered, Seventy times seven, meaning that we shouldn't even keep track of how many times we forgive someone. We should always forgive those who are truly repentant, no matter how many times they ask. Now, in Bible times, serious consequences awaited those who could not pay their debts. A person lending money could seize the borrower who couldn't pay and force him and or his family to work until the debt was paid. The debtor could also be thrown into prison, or his family could be sold into slavery to help pay off the debt. It was hoped that the debtor, while in prison, would sell off his land holdings or that relatives would pay the debt. If not, the debtor could remain in prison for life. We'll also read here today that John had been put into prison and killed at least in part, for his public opinions on marriage and divorce. So the Pharisees hoped to trap Jesus too. They were trying to trick Jesus by having him choose sides in a theological controversy. Two schools of thought represented two opposing views of divorce. One group supported divorce for almost any reason. The other believed that divorce could be allowed only for marital unfaithfulness. 
and the conflict hinged on how each group interpreted Deuteronomy chapter 24. In his answer, however, Jesus focused on marriage rather than divorce. He pointed out that God intended marriage to be permanent, and then he gave four reasons for the importance of marriage. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 28th, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, through chapter 19, verse 12. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant! I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning God made them male and female, and he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, If this is the case, it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said, only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can.
Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. In describing the Lord as a shepherd, David wrote out of his own experience because he had spent his early years caring for sheep. Sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd for provision and guidance and protection. The New Testament calls Jesus the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd, and uh, the Great Shepherd of the people. As the Lord is the Good Shepherd, so we are His sheep, not frightened passive animals, but obedient followers, wise enough to follow one who will lead us into the right places and in right ways. You know, when we allow God, our Shepherd, to guide us, we have contentment. When we choose to sin and go our own way, however, we cannot blame God for the environment we create for ourselves. Our shepherd knows the you know green meadows and peaceful streams that will restore us. We'll reach these places only by following him obediently. Rebelling against the shepherd's leading is actually rebelling against our own best interests. This is a good thing to remember next time we're tempted to go our own way rather than the shepherd's way. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Proverbs chapter 5 Verses 22 and 23. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. Together, everybody needs you strong. But life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. And when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom and surrender. Lay it down and let it go. So when you're on your knees, an answer seems so far away. You're not alone, stop holding on and just be here Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here Just be here Just be On a storm, you wonder if I love you still. But if 
If your eyes are on the cross, you know I always have and I always will. Then not a tear is wasted. In time you'll understand. I'm painting beauty with the ashes. Your life is in my hands. So when you're on your knees and answer seems so far away. You're not alone, stop holding on and just be here. Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here. Just be here. Just be here. Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here. Today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 28 of Romans chapter 8. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also, with him, freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Some time ago, two Chinese women shared their father's story with Dr. Stanley. This man was arrested in a roundup of house church members and given a choice, to deny Christ or go to jail. He spent 20 years imprisoned for his faith. Dr. Stanley says that he was moved to tears by this brother's godly testimony. He understood that God was in control of his life, and that realization gave him the courage to please his Heavenly Father 
regardless of the repercussions. Romans 8 verse 28 teaches that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him. But relying on that guarantee gets tough while we're in a trial. The first few words of the verse, and we know, states the assurance with which Christians are to trust that the Lord will keep His promise. We can face adversity courageously when we make a habit of remembering to whom we belong. While God causes good to come from our experiences, He doesn't necessarily initiate trials. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, His sovereignty rules over all. Other forces are at work in the world, but the Heavenly Father's power reigns supreme. Satan may touch our life with pain, but only because the Lord allows him to do so. And God gives permission only when a situation fits His ultimate purpose. Regardless of the tragedies we face, God's commitment remains the same. He makes good out of bad, just as He's always done. Paul knew the promise was true, and so can you. Take the Lord at His word, and you will be assured as well.
sound that saved a wretch like me. Anthony Fiola said, John, talk a minute with Maxwell today on the word confrontation. He's a person that works in a laboratory in Muncie, Indiana. Well, Anthony, this is a word we don't like to talk about, confrontation, because basically that means we've got to say something that we don't want to say to somebody we don't want to say it to. Yesterday I had to do a, a, a confrontational thing. And I can tell you, for two days before I made the phone call, uh, I thought about it. Didn't want to make it. Kept thinking of ways and reasons why I shouldn't make the call. But I knew I had to. And in confrontation, I found that there are two things that will help you when you've got to talk about something that you don't want to talk about. One is honesty. Don't try to snow them. Confrontation doesn't work at all if it's not realistic or if it's dishonest. And secondly, sincerity. Be sincere in your heart when you confront. Do it for the right reasons, for the right motives, for their betterment and for the intention of helping them. Because I have found that a lot of times people don't like your words, but if they read your heart right, they can accept those words. I think that's what confrontation is all about. God 
to these bones. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. See, I prophesied as I was commanding. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and the tendons and the flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, come from the four winds, O breath. My name is Aaron McKinley. I'm 30 years old from Lancaster, Ohio. I uh, grew up in a good Christian family and my parents are still married and everything and I just got into drugs when I was about 13 years old, started drinking and partying. Graduated high school, went in the Marine Corps, got kicked out pretty quick. I had two kids and I uh, was looking for something something to change my life and uh, finally with my last overdose I was told about the refuge and came in and started to change my life. It's really made a big impact on me and, and I'm getting closer to God every day. I'm getting getting more and more faith in the Lord and uh, just hoping to get out and increase my faith and keep doing what I'm doing. That way I can live every day glorifying God. You see me from the outside, a lover 
does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.